0: Seated, everyone will please come into the sanctuary and be seated for our service, please. Thank you. Good morning. Good to see each and every one here this morning for our main service. In a little bit, Adel will be bringing us the message from the Word, and the choir will be singing. But let's start off with a congregational hymn we haven't sang in quite some time. Rock of angels, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Be just a second. They're going to put the words up. There we go. The first verse says, "Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in Thee. Let the water and the blood from Thy wounded side, which flowed, be of sin the double cure. Save me from wrath and make me pure."
1: Let's sing it all together. Let's stand
0: up and sing it to the Lord this morning. This old-time beautiful hymn by Augustus it All
2: together, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee, let the water and the blood from thy womb.
0: in the world today. So many troubles, so many wars and crimes and all these things happening. We have a rock of ages. We can find our hope and our security and our peace in Jesus Christ. He alone saves and we have a future in glory with him. So we'll have a few announcements this morning and then following that the choir will be singing and then we will have Adel's message from the word. We have a new bulletin that has come out for the month of May, so be sure to pick up one of these bulletins. They're right out the door there on the right side on the wall. Pick those up. It's hard to believe that Mother's Day is coming up, and May is coming up right before us. But let's have a few announcements, first of all, for the week. Tomorrow night, there'll be choir practice at 6 o'clock, followed at 7.30 by the Women's Bible Study and Men's Prayer Meeting. And then on Wednesday, we'll have choir also at 6, and then there'll be the... Bible study for all the church in Galatians at 7.30. And then the women's Bible study takes place on Thursday and for all those who are able to attend. And then on Friday, we have the group meetings. For the month of May, we have five Sundays. And so it'll be a real blessing, including our inaugural Sunday, which is going to be on Sunday, May the 30th at the church. And it's going to start 30 minutes earlier than usual. It'll be 11 o'clock. So, be sure to invite all your friends, neighbors, co workers, anyone who'd like to come. We'd like to fill up the whole church and have a great time of rejoicing that God provided us with this new building. So, it's going to be fantastic. We'll have dignitaries here, and uh, Sylvia's brother and his wife are coming all the way from Chicago, and it's going to be a fantastic time. How many enjoyed the women's dinner? How many of the women enjoyed that women's dinner recently? I was right, they had a few too many pizzas, but you know, they did pretty good. They ate very well, and I think the men will outdo the women in that regard, because. and we're going to have a men's dinner on Monday night, the 3rd of May, at 7 o'clock, right there in the fellowship room. So it'll be the same menu, except for the cake. We're not going to have cake, but we're going to have salad and pizza, and it's going to be great. And then I mentioned the inaugural Sunday, and also don't forget, Memorial Day picnic. We haven't played softball for a long time, so we'll probably need to get in shape for that, but that'll be really good. Memorial Day picnic, it'll be at the same place down in Pleasanton at the Amador Recreational Center. We start at 11 o'clock with the softball game and try to come early because they'll open it for us at 10 and we can get everything set up. And that'll be our first picnic of the summer. We look forward to it. One other special announcement before the choir sings and before we'll ask our brother Turhan to open in prayer. Barbara Nord is in the Rehabilitation Hospital now in Rossmore, And the address is 1224 Rossmore Parkway in Walnut Creek. So if you'd like to see her, I believe she can have guests and visitors, right? And then you can send her cards or call her on the phone. So we look forward to her full recovery so she can be back with us very soon. At this time now, we're going to ask Chirhan if you'll come up and open in prayer.
3: Thank you. Good morning. Dean asked me to do a long prayer. I said, no, you better hustle, Dean. I can't do a long prayer. So, <laughs> Let's go ahead and pray, please. Father, thank you uh, for, this, for this time again together. We are so grateful for for your salvation, as as the the song stated. We could do nothing for ourselves. We were in a bad position, Lord, Um, unknown to most of the world, actually, but known to us. We were in such a bad position. But you came and saved us, Lord. You cured us of this illness that we had, this sin. You pulled it away. You removed the stain, as our brother Jim spoke of this morning. We thank you for this amazing grace, Lord amazing grace, amazing love that would bring you to, to the cross like you did. We look at the cross and we see our sin, but we see your love, a dichotomy. I, we just can't, we can't imagine that kind of love, but we're so grateful for it today. Please bless the choir, Lord. Put out a message. Touch our hearts. And we ask these things in your name, amen.
0: Before Adel speaks, we're going to have a scripture reading this morning from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Mark, chapter 2, we'll begin at verse 1. Mark, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him, because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the man on a bed, which was where the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the Pharisees were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. May God bless the reading of his word.
1: We never saw anything like this. First, before I forget, I enjoyed the choir this morning. They could not. And may God bless your choir. And we should give them another hand of applause, please. Yes. This was a a beautiful story, I always meditated on it and enjoyed it in my meditation about a paralyzed man that was brought to Jesus. Before we go on with the message, and I will uh, promise you that I'll get you here before two o'clock. We have amongst us today a man and his family, his wife and daughter. You heard about him and what he did on our behalf. Ever since we were introduced to him and met with him, I felt and uh, the officers of this church felt that he he was one of us. And it's a pleasure to have him being one of us. And uh, he was the one I told you about that he went to the CEO when uh, we faced difficulties in having our loan being approved. And uh, when the CEO said, well, it is difficulty, we don't have this kind of loan to give. This money is not available for such a loan. He went on his own and uh, he said, no. What I've seen from these people, they are genuine, and thank you for that, Gary. And he saw the commitment that we have, and he went and uh, partnered the loan with two banks, one in the northern California in the north, and one in the south, and he made this happen for us and he funded us. Gary Klein, senior vice president of the Bank of San Francisco, he's with us this morning. Thank you. Man. And when I talked to him, I said, uh, You're coming to visit? He said, Yes, I will come and attend church. I said, I'm preaching on the 25th of April. He said, I will be coming with my wife, Coco, and his daughter, and they're here too. So we welcome you. This is a great pleasure. I don't know whether he's going to come back again after listening to me, but that will leave it to the Lord we we'll leave it to Almighty God. Uh, I uh, don't know how, uh, how fast you drove getting to church today. Uh, Gary came from San Francisco, right? And many of you, but uh, I was um, uh, reading a few things. A, a certain uh, email was sent to me by one of our members. And uh, Gloria, thank you. Uh, those who speed on the highway, we have a few hymns for them. I start. When I started reading it, I started laughing at myself. I said, well, I'm going to share it. So if, you've, if we drove today 45 miles per hour, God will take care of you. <laughs> at 65 miles per hour, nearer my God to thee. <laughs> These are hymns, you know, if you know them. At 85 miles per hour, God help me. This world is not my own. You belong somewhere (laughs) I started laughing in my office at home. At 95 miles per hour, Lord, I'm coming home. (laughs) At 100 miles per hour, precious memories. (laughs) You're gone. So I hope we all drove the, uh, what is it? 65, good, 65 nearer, my God, to thee. We'll stay there. (laughs) We'll stick to that. Well, anyway, I thought of sharing this with you. The healing of the paralytic. It's a, a beautiful story. It's a touching story. And many preachers preach about that. But today I thought of taking a some uh, unknown figures from this passage and speak about them, the four men. The Bible does not mention names. That It only says he was carried by four men. No names. We don't know who they were. We don't know who they are until now. And we have nothing more elaborate about them But I thought that with my fertile imagination, I want to share a few things with you about them. Jesus came, Jesus was in Capernaum. This was his town in northern uh, Palestine of old. And uh, he was there, and they heard that he is visiting uh, a home, and he is there going to talk to people. Preaching, talking to them. Uh, And the people, the crowds started coming one by one. And uh, they want to see Jesus because they heard he's a miracle man performing miracles. And as we all know, no place is a foreign place to Jesus. If he's in the sea, he can calm the sea. If he's uh, at home, he speaks at home. If he's in the prairies, he preached a prayer a, to the people in the prairies. If he meets a crowd of 4,000, 5,000 people and they're hungry, he feeds them. He is God himself incarnated in man. He addressed the crowds, always remember, with sympathy and love. That's our Jesus. This is our Lord. And no one came to him with an open heart and left unsatisfied. Remember that. That Jesus satisfies. And if you're here this morning with unsatisfied heart, you have a problem, you have a situation, I guarantee you one thing. If you open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you open your life to him, he will not leave you unsatisfied. He will touch you and send you home happily. There we find, according to the passage we read this morning, there were curiosity seekers, people curious, who is this? Jesus. We see some hinderers there, which will pass, but this is not my main subject. We see the helpers there. We see the man and Jesus Christ. So this is why I said, I'm going to let you out at two o'clock because we have a lot to cover. No. (laughs) There will always be where Jesus was, there was always, there were these people who are curious, if you will please. They wanted to know who this Jesus is. And uh, Luke says, look who who were there. In uh, chapter 5, 17, 26, the same passage in Luke, it says, tells us that a distinguished audience present that day, professors of law, doctors, lawyers, priests of different levels, and somewhere only critics. And many people come to church to listen and thank God the majority go to church, listen. I, when I say church, the church in general in the world. But many go there to critique. And when they go there to critique, you know what? Their heart is, will never be open and they're there to make some critique, and I hope I will not have some many critiquing me after the message here. I pray, and I hope. And they were there, these people, the curiosity seekers, to watch Jesus perform a miracle, and to say whether it's genuine or not genuine, what he did, they, they, always, they always critiqued him. He went to eat with the, with the uh, sinners, Who is not a sinner? Oh, he says. They said, he eats with the sinners, and he eats with the publicans, and so on and so forth. So they were hearers. Only hearers, if they hear, not willing to act upon what they hear. And the Bible tells us about them. He says they have hear, but they do not hear. So the Apostle James tells us about those. They are not doers of the word. Not, merely, not even merely hearers, but they just come to criticize the word of God. They were lookers. They were nothing more than curious spectators. There's another we, we read this morning. There are some hinderers there. You know what the devil's job is? To put rod blocks in the way of people. Do you experience that in life? Do you? He tries with all his power to hinder those who express the desire to come to Jesus. He does his utmost to prevent them from following him. This has been the case since the beginning of the world. You know, sometimes the devil uses the people that are closest to you to... Stand in your way. And this happened with Jesus Christ himself. When the little ones were trying to come to him, what happened? The the disciples, these were the people who were closest to him. They said, no, no, you can't come close to the master. Why? He loves the children. And we love the children. And the disciples tried to prevent them from coming to him. But what did he say? What did he say let the children alone leave them alone and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these and you know we thank God for every child every daughter every son you have every person because the church in the future is to be built on these children that we are helping now them to grow up and be the men and women of the future. Please do not hinder them from coming to Jesus. And I see some of them with us today. Welcome, we love you very much. And I have always chocolate for you back in my office. (laughs) I do? There were also those accusers there. They are specialized in finding faults in others. Don't you have them in the office? Don't you have them in your company? Don't you have them in your bank? Don't you have them at school? Don't you have them everywhere? These people, you find them all the time. And the Bible says in verse 8 that they were reasoning with themselves. They were reasoning and uh, they were wrong reasoning. You cannot reason and judge people who are coming to Jesus Christ to be healed or to grow up and to listen to him. A man once said, such reasoning is not a sign of intellectuality at all, but it is a sign of a shriveled soul may God help us. So we will be listeners and doers of the word. And when we are coming to church, we come to church to see what God wants from us to obey him, accept what he says, and go live Jesus Christ to the world because this is what the world needs to see us being examples of what true Christianity is. And there are the helpers, but before that, I read a little story about those who are hinderers. And the story says, are you a honker or a helper? Okay, follow, follow this story with me. It's, a to- it's the story is told of, of a woman driver whose car stalled in the traffic, and she was unable to get it restarted. It happens, right? The fellow who was behind her and unable to move, thought it necessary and so constantly to show his impatience, he started on his horn every few seconds. He started blowing his horn. Finally, the woman with pause and she was holding herself, uh, walked back to his car and said, if you will go try to start my car, I'll stay here and honk your horn for you. (laughs) Very nice lesson. I thought she was going to go and beat him. (laughs) But it's a lesson for us. So, okay, let's change roles a little bit. So many times, we find that in every church. Everywhere. The one who's not doing anything to help is also the one who makes most noises. So, I hope it's not here, and I pray. And always, they always complain that nothing is happening. Well, get going and everything will start happening. Now to the main subject, the helpers. Four unknown men. No name. The Lord withheld the name for us. So we always think of them as men like angels from above. No name. With love in their heart to the Savior. Compassion. They had compassion. They met together. They heard about this paralyzed man. And he could have been paralyzed from the neck down, from the waist down, he was anyway paralyzed, and he needed, he, no one could take him to Jesus, and he was home for so many years. We don't know when. The Bible does not tell us for how long, and they met together. How did they meet? We have no idea, but they met together. They decided to do something about this situation. They, let's stop talking about it. Let's do something about it. Let's take some action. And they saw that this need, this young man, no one could heal him. No doctors, no physician during those times, the early days when Jesus was here on earth. And he only needs, we heard, we know, there is a savior there at that home and we need to take him there. They said, well, what do you think, men? Shall we take him there? The four of them said, yes, we need to take him to Jesus. We need to take him to Jesus. There is no physician like Jesus. There is no doctor who can heal the soul like Jesus. There is no one that who can change lives like Jesus Christ. And I give you today Jesus. He can change your life no matter no matter what you have no matter what you're going through you might be going through a divorce you might be going through a problem with the children you might be you might have lost your job in our economy you might have a myriads of problems but let me tell you one thing and you've been disappointed so far and you came to church and you say well I want to hear a word my word to you is I present you Jesus Christ. I cannot offer anything else. I'm no doctor, I'm no physician, but the greatest physician is Jesus Christ himself. And I submit to you that this is the answer to any problem you have. He can resolve all your problems. They sympathized with this man. Well, that's another thing for them. Strike one for them. And this project needed sacrifice. This project needed sacrifice. Like the project we have at the church. We needed sacrifice. And thank you all for sacrificing your time, your money, your efforts. Whatever you've done to prepare this place for us. May the Lord bless you. And we don't have to mention names. One thing. Every name is up there before the Lord Jesus Christ. It needed sacrifice. It will cost them something. These people were probably working in the field. They had to what? Take a day off. They were probably paid on an hourly basis. It took labor. I mean, how are we going to carry him and take him there? Oh, well, let's get a, a gurney from uh, Kaiser Hospital. There was no Kaiser Hospital. Let's go to, uh, to, to the hospital, so and so on. No, they have, they had to make a little bed, a stretcher, if you will, please. They had to go buy a few things and make a stretcher. It took them time, sacrifice, money, labor, expense, and trouble. They missed work. And you know, if you need to take a person to Jesus, you need to sacrifice something. You need to give up something. You need to make an extra effort to bring someone to Jesus. I lift up my hat to these four men. We always said he was carried by four. But, you know, go back home, open this this, uh, portion of the scripture and study it more. You know what, while working, It doesn't mention that they did quarrel. There was no misunderstanding there. They did not quarrel about who was to do what. Whatever we can do, they had, they were focused. We need to get this man to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter whether I do this or I do the other thing. And they decided to cooperate and coordinate and work as a team as a team do we have a good team here say yes. yes yes we do praise God and Gary is one of our team praise God part of our team teamwork is the key to success in any organization in any corporation in any church being at home being at school being in the workplace being in our governments, being in sports Today in sports, you cannot, if if you play football, you cannot play football by yourself. You've got to cooperate with the 11 men on the field. And as a team, you can win the game. And also, as individuals, you can lose the game. Remember that. There is no success without team effort. When I used to work, we used to preach. Teamwork, teamwork, and I think it's still in the workplace nowadays. It's not me, myself, and I. It's all of us. And also one thing more, they had courage. They had courage. They tore the roof, didn't they? Don't you think this will take courage to go to someone else's place? Go on the roof. You might, you might question the kind of roof, the roof, the homes were built In the old days, flat roofs. And to go to the roof, there was stairs from the outside. My uncle used to have a house like this. We lived in homes like this back in Lebanon. And this is, this was the normal. So they went from the outside. They, when they came in, with their courage, they found that they couldn't go through the door. Those people were sitting there. And they couldn't go through the window. And they asked, please, can we pass? No one listened to them. No one would let them go in. Did they give up? Did they give up? When we were building this church, thank God, our God is the builder. But we were workers with him. We faced many difficulties. Gary faced some difficulties to get us the loan. But did he give up? And thank God he did not. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And did we give up on the difficulties we faced? You know, we faced many of them. But we will not give up church. We should not give up on any difficulty that comes between us and bringing someone to Jesus Christ. Remember that. No hindrance should affect your determination to bring a person. To the knowledge of Jesus Christ stand firm have courage when the door didn't work the windows didn't work they said okay they didn't ask them say okay this is gonna cost us we're gonna repair the roof later on we can't do that they said let us let us dig the roof and bring him through the roof and we will worry about expenses later. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask them who repaired the roof there. But I don't <laughs> care. And who paid for it? I, have, I will give you a clue. The one who got healed paid for it. Because there is no expense. There is no expense compared to the blessing that Jesus gives and the healing that he gives. Nothing. Nothing compared to the life that he gives, and the joy that he w- you have. Church, when we bring folks to Jesus, we must be prepared for difficulties and should be resolved to overcome them. If we do not find a way, we should make one. Amen? And one more thing. They did not try to cure him they realize they don't have the power. Now, we bring to Jesus. Who are we? We cannot forgive sins. We cannot cure a man. Man cannot forgive sins. Have it down. Write it in your Bible. Put it there in big, big words. Man cannot forgive sins. Regardless, regardless of all the authorities we have around us, Only Jesus Christ can cure you from sin. Only Jesus Christ can save you from yourself, can save you from sin, and he can give you eternal life. Man can offer only bandages and put a band-aid. Any person under the sun cannot offer that salvation that Jesus Christ, only in his name, the name of Of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had a common goal to also reach that physician. We reached that physician. And they had faith. They had faith. They committed everything to Jesus. And they were determined that we will get this paralytic before Jesus Christ. And here comes down from the roof. And Jesus saw him. And Jesus, the moment he saw him, he looked at his faith. He looked at his faith. He said, your sins are forgiven. Before anything else, he knew that first and foremost, he has to attend to his soul. Because the soul of man is eternal. He had to attend to his soul and says, you, your sins are forgiven. And then, get up, pick up your bed, and go walking. You know what happened? He didn't tell him to go to the hospital down the street and get a few injections. He didn't tell him that, take a few pills. This is some antibiotics for five days, and then we'll see, come back and see me. This is not Jesus, folks. One encounter with Jesus is enough for a lifetime and eternal. One encounter, and that encounter is, Jesus Christ, I come to you. Save my soul. He he saw him in his his agony. He saw him paralyzed. He couldn't do anything on a little pallet here, there. And these four men looking to Jesus. Yes, they're waiting because they had faith. Get up. And he got up. And he rose. And he praised God. And he was healed immediately. You know what, folks? Jesus is the only one who can do that. a word about this paralytic man he was willing to go to jesus if this person you know we have we have the choice you have the choice no one should overcome your will your will should be whether i come or i don't come this person says of course take me i'm ready I'm ready. And if I go there, I know he is going to heal me. He had faith. He was willing to go, to go to go to Jesus. If someone will carry me, may the Lord help us all to be men and women who can carry people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not say Adol is the pastor. Or we have we have Mike was an elder and build this is the work for the elders. No, it's not. It's everyone's work. When Jesus sent them, he said, go to the world, disciples, and change the world. And they did change the world and turned it upside down. He was a totally helpless man who could do nothing about his condition. And if you feel this morning like him. And let me ask this question. Do you feel like this man? Do you feel, young man, that you are like this man? I offer you Jesus. He came, and this man was healed. I want to, my last word is about the Lord himself. That's the final word. He says in verse 10, Dean read, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Notice one thing. God did not interrogate him like some people do. Aha, uh-huh. what did you do? What, when, who, you know these questions. You have them in the, in the work. He did not tell him that. He wasn't an interrogating person. No. All he wanted is to be in front of him and ask Jesus to change his life. And... Let me say this. Jesus is loving, is kind, is compassionate. Whatever is your problem, he can solve it. And he will not interrogate you. He said, your sins are forgiven. You're not going to ask me about my past sins? You're not going to ask me about all these that people talk about? No. I erase them with my blood. I change you. And set you free. Arise and go. Two words, note these things. Once the soul has passed from time into eternity, yours and mine, forgiveness is no longer possible. He told him, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, has authority on earth to forgive sin. Up there, there's no forgiveness. The soul that has gone to heaven won't need it. You're already forgiven. The soul in hell can't have it. There's no place or time for forgiveness after death. Regardless how many people pray for you. If all the angels in the world and all the saints of the world pray for your soul after you, Leave this world. If you are saved, you don't need anything. You are in the presence of God. And if you left this world without salvation, nothing, no one can forgive you your sins. Rest assured, this is the Bible. If you are still out of Christ, that's what I offer you today. Hear him speak. Your sin is forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. If you come to him today, Repentant, believing, with faith, Jesus Christ will not let you go without full satisfaction. He will forgive you every sin for his name's sake and will send you rejoicing. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If I am speaking to any person here this afternoon now, who's going through a lot. I offer you Jesus. He can save you and change you and forgive you and send you rejoicing. Our Father, we thank you for this word. It is your word, not mine. We pray for this congregation. We pray for those who know you, that you encourage them and bless them and those who are still in pain lost without jesus christ that you extend your helping hand your compassionate heart your loving and kindness and help them from drowning change their lives and give them life everlasting bless each and every one and again we pray for those who couldn't make it today those who are ill, those who are away on a trip anywhere else. We pray that you be with them, bless them, and bring them back to us safely. Thank you for this building. Thank you for allowing us to be in a country where there's a freedom of speech. We can preach the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We pray that you continue your blessings upon each and every one of us and dismiss us In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The meeting is over. May God bless you. And don't forget, if you have any question, if you need to talk to me afterwards, I'll be available to talk to you. May God bless you.